Today's guest is Jacqueline Smith. She has experienced a number of near-death experiences. She is also internationally known animal and star being communicator, psychic, healer, certified hypnotherapist, and metaphysical teacher. Jacqueline, thank you very much for giving me some of your time today. I really appreciate it, and welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. My audience is really into near-death experiences, so um, can you tell us about some of your most prominent ones? Sure. Um, yeah, when I was six years old, um, I took a bad fall downstairs, hmm. and... I found myself um, leaving my body and going into the other side, into the light. And when I went to the other side, um, I saw a number of beings there. There were angels there, and um, they were, like, taking care of me. I had hurt my body some. My body had been hurt from from what had happened. And so um, they were just kind of taking care of me. And I was saying, well, I don't really want to go back <laughs> to earth. And, and so they were saying, yes, but you have work to do on earth and you can't, you know, you can't stay here. And I felt very close to the angels since I was only six years old. I had remembered them, um, you know, from, before I came here, before I incarnated. And so what happened was um, to heal some of the injuries I had, they actually took me on a starship. And the beings there are actually um, my, I call them my star parents, but at six years old, they took me on the ship and the the angelic the the angels and the star beings um their tall white zeta masters and a couple others mantis beings and that they gathered around me and they healed um my body they were um you know just healing me from the fall because i was hurt pretty bad so so um after that they sat with me and actually had to talk me into coming back to earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I really did not want to come back um, because it's so amazing over there. It's, it's just pure bliss and joy, um, pure love. You know, there's no, no kinds of limitations. It's, it's just peaceful and, and quiet. And so finally, um, after they worked on me and did some of, the, some of the healing work with me, they said, you have a lot to do on earth um, and you need to learn how to read and write. Um, and, you know, you have missions to do that and to talk to people on earth and share your experiences and talk to them um, with being a hybrid you know, they said you have your place to um, work with others and to help awaken others as well. So with that, they made me come back to mm-hmm. <laughs> to Earth. And, um, you know, I have to say I was pretty bummed out. Um, and, and so, but, you know, you go on and... So, and, and so even as when I was six years old, I was very psychic. And after that experience, I was um, having all these people, beings who had passed over asking me to help them, you know, from the other side. And at six years old, you know, what do you do? I was throwing the covers over my head because I wasn't, didn't know what to do with all these beings who were coming to me. And so that's kind of never stopped in some ways. And um, I had another near-death experience in a serious car accident I was in. I was in the hospital for a while. And um, I was, I won't go into all the details. It's, it was a pretty heavy car accident, but 
but I'll just say that um, a woman turned in front of me and my car hit a telephone pole. <laughs> and so I was in the hospital for a while, but I had gone to the other side. And again, there were star beings over there and angels who were, you know, who were trying to help me stay in my body because I wasn't sure again that I really wanted to come back and be here. <laughs> and so they said, you know, your life will be changing. You have more things to do. And really after that car accident, my whole life changed um, mm-hmm. in, in really dramatic ways. I became more psychic, um, you know, and really started working with people in a more in-depth way. I had been working for a veterinarian um, and could no longer lift heavy dogs and all of that. So so um, I started doing meditation to control the pain. And then all my gifts just started opening and um, my whole life just expanded in pretty incredible ways. And there were seven star beings um, in my earlier experience, um, seven beings who were standing in front of me, um, just these beings of pure light. And they were saying, um, you know, we are reflecting you. We are you. And, And they showed me my soul. They showed me my, my light. And, and so um, they said, this is who you are. And so, um, so with that, then they returned me, you know, to, to my body and back here. (laughs) You mentioned angels and star beings. What is the difference between the two? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, In a certain way, I I just consider all of them star beings. Mm -hmm. But um, I guess for me, I mean, the the angels are really from a different realm. They are from the the angelic realm. And they do have different missions than star beings have. The the angels oversee um, many of the they oversee certain dimensions mm-hmm. and star beings are, but they do come together. I mean, I have seen angels on ships and the angels are overseeing the star beings. It, there's no hierarchy, but they all have, they all play their part and they know what part they play and they know they're all one. So it's all very harmonious. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Um, The angels are very highly evolved. I believe that you mentioned earlier that you said you were a hybrid. Do you mean that you're a star seed and this is your first incarnation on earth or something else? Well, the way I view, view that is everyone's a star seed on earth from what I've been told. You know, none of us are from earth. We're, we're from the stars. And um, in the bigger sense, we are all hybrids as well, because we've all lived many star being uh, lives. Um, So kind of how I describe hybrid in a little different way, I guess, is um, when I was still in my mother's womb, my mother was taken aboard a starship and the tall white Zeta masters who I call my star mom and dad, they um, injected, we could say a cocktail, a DNA uh, cocktail of seven different DNA races. So I was literally genetically altered. So I have that DNA and that's, you know, could be considered a little different from um, a star seed who hasn't had that experience in this lifetime. But again, in the bigger sense, we're all hybrids, but I have a very high frequency of hybrid um, in me, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Do you know if you have had hybrid children? Yes. I, 
I have lots of hybrid children. And um, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I have like 40 hybrid kids. Mm -hmm. And the reason being what they can do, um, every race has their own way of how they approach creating hybrid children. Um, The races that I've worked with or who have worked with me, they um, can actually take a strand of my hair, which they did it in 2013, and create how many hybrid babies they want to because my DNA is in in my strand of hair. So they said, well, we're evolving also, and we're evolving our techniques and how we do things. So um, it's not actually getting pregnant and carrying the, the, you know, the baby and then them taking it at some point. I had that experience um, when I was younger and then, you know, then they have gone to these other techniques and um, it depends on what race you're dealing with too. Um, But yeah, I love it. I, you know, that they can just take a strand of hair and create a hybrid. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought I was going to ask you, but you beat me to it. It was like, my impression was maybe they were harvesting your eggs, but it looks like they have a much, you know, a much upgraded version of what they're doing now. And I think it depends on what race, what star race, mm-hmm. you know. So for me, I I was dealing with tall white um, Zeta Masters, mm-hmm. um, mainly in Octurian. Um, in Mantis. So I'm not sure about some of the other races. Hmm. If I can just kind of jump back into your NDE for a second, is is those experiences like a memory that fades away and it's fading away and hard to remember? Or are those experiences like always with you and they don't fade? I think that, well, I, um, I certainly know I don't forget them. <laughs> and and actually, I like the feeling of what it felt like being on the other side. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I will actually focus on, especially when I was six years old, um, being on the other side and how wonderful that was being with the angels and star beings. And so it's a heavenly feeling. Mm-hmm. And who wouldn't want that, right? So. Right. But I, I, but no, I, they don't fade for me. They, I don't forget them. Mm-hmm. You said that you have star parents and you came back from meeting your star parents. Did you feel like your earthly parents were not like your real parents or did you feel different towards them after meeting your star parents? Yeah, it's, I think that um, my star parents who are tall white Zeta masters. I call them, they're called um, Amitha and Zazu. And they are, um, they're very joyful, highly evolved beings. And they know how to love unconditionally. And of course, those of us, you know, on earth have not um, learned how to do that yet. (laughs) So, so it's, there's quite a difference because I was totally accepted on the ship. Um, I was allowed to be a child and play, um, and they just loved me no matter what. Not that way on earth. <laughs> uh-huh. Let me ask you this is what makes, what I find curious is when you say that they are your star parents, are you saying that they birthed you in some way or created your soul or what makes them be your parents there? Okay. So, um, first of all, their DNA was injected into me. Okay. So, so, and they were the main star beings on the ship who, um, watched over me, who taught me, who were there you know, who were there for me. The, the other ones, there were some other ones too, in Octuri and Zeta, who was kind of like a nanny for me. Um, but but they were like my star parents, and I would be there 
you know, starting at the age of two or three, almost every night. So I had two homes. I had the home on the ship and then my earth home. And so for me, they, they were and are <laughs> my, I, my star parents. Yeah, I call them that. Yeah. And uh, they're just amazing, highly evolved beings. Since you're still here and been here for quite a while, do you feel lonely or homesick for your star home? That's a good question. I, um, yeah, I would say that I do, definitely. Um, I do visit. I do visit the ship. Um, and, yeah, sometimes I do feel lonely. You know, p- growing up I felt very much alone, like I didn't fit in anywhere. And so it was challenging to grow up, um, you know, having these two homes. And although when I would come back to Earth, I would kind of forget it and then go back. Um, And then I wouldn't want to come back to Earth. So, but I think, um, yeah, I I definitely get homesick in that, but... um, I'm very, let me put it this way, my plate's very full on earth with with doing what I'm here to do. I'm working every day with people with their star origins or working with light language or working with animals. And, you know, so um, it's, I get the opportunity to be sharing and working with people to help assist them with their experiences and everything with star beings. You mentioned light language. What is that and why is it important? Yeah, light language is, actually I was speaking light language when I was three years old um, on the ship. And light language really is speaking light. And what I love about light language is it's it's very joyful. It's um, bypasses the mind ego. But it's, you know, they are languages that our souls, um, the cells in our bodies remember or we people might remember from um, a different lifetime when they were a star being. Because when I speak light language, someone, someone will say, that sounds really familiar. So there's these different star light languages, which I speak. And um, it really connects people, helps connect them to their families. And also the light language helps to clear people of old patterns and old identities, helps them to be more um, of their authentic selves. And so I work with a lot of people um, with light language consults and I play the singing bowls and speak whatever comes through, whoever comes through, because they know what that person needs. It could be the divine mother, it, you know, it could, whoever comes through, because we're all light. We're all light language, really, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And it's important because it really is one of our next evolutionary steps that we're taking um, for people to be really speaking the light language from their souls, this, you know, to speak, speak their own soul language. Um, and so it, it really helps people to raise their frequencies and to really remember who they, they truly are and to live from the heart. So light language is really um amazing and joyful i speak it every day and it's it's great fun you mentioned that your parents were tall i wanted to ask you earlier and i let it slip by i think you are you saying theta masters or zeta masters white zeta z-e-t-a oh oh, zeta masters yeah okay so when you say tall are they like that some people say that the um, beings are like tall nordic looking beings like blonde hair, no. blue eyes, light, very pale skin. Well, with my with my star parents, um, these these are not the tall. Let's see, these are not the tall whites in Nevada. 
that are talked about by Charles Hall. These, this is a different whole lineage um, who we call tall white zetas. They're about, they can vary. Um, my star parents were about five, six, five, six or so. And they have the big black eyes and they have um, three fingers on each hand and then a, another digit that kind of looks like a thumb and they're shimmering white light, we could say. Um, and I did have the um, wonderful experience of being able to see under them when they kind of just take off their skin and they, they become these beautiful globes of like royal blue light, just pure light. And then they showed me how to do that on the ship. And then we would all merge. It was like really like a sacred communion um, of oneness that that really is beyond words. I mean, what can you say? Heaven bliss. <laughs> sure. But amazing, uh, just amazing energy, just becoming that energy again. It sounded like to me like there are, gray like aliens but tall versions some would consider the zeta the gray the gray aspect mm -hmm. so but but there are different you know sizes of all the different races i mean some are five six or seven some can be six feet tall some can be three feet tall mm -hmm. so um so um like there was an Octurian Zeta on the ship who, like, I, I called him my nanny, um, who was about, I think, about three and a half feet tall, which was a great playmate when I was three, four, five, six years old. Yeah, that's <laughs> perfect. We used to play catch with balls of light. <laughs> it was really fun. <laughs> Can you give us any kind of description of what the ship looked like? Um, yeah, well, the, the ship is really, well, it's organic and it's holographic. <laughs> and um, so when, you know, if they wanted to, let's say, jump or move into another dimension, they would set the intention and the ship they would align, uh, everyone would align their intentions. The, the ship and the beings on the ship would align their intention. And then it would just happen. Mm. And, and so the ship, um, all the rooms were round. And one could perceive the roundness as walls. But there were really no walls. <laughs> they were holographic and there were light language symbols on the walls and actually I used to stick my fingers in the symbols on the wall and the symbols would come off in the wall and move around and dance with me and because they're living mm. they're actually living entities or beings mm. and so there were there was a room where um, that's where we merged as one um, it was a round room and, and there was like, um, I don't know what to call it, like a pillar of light in the center of the room. And we would go into this pillar of light um, to become one. And then we would also go places from there as well um, to other dimensions because they took me other places to meet other beings Um some animal-like beings and that um, and showed me past lives and did that. There were healing rooms. Um, there were, there was a room with tall white uh, tubes with fluid moving up and down and blue fluid as well. And that they said that part of that was for running the ship. Because I used to sit and watch it and run my fingers up and down the tube, and they explained that it was for 
running the partly running the ship, but they also used crystals to run run the ship um, as well. But but the ship. This is again we don't have words for it, but the ship felt physical and it didn't feel physical to me. <laughs> and when I walked, I would kind of float. I wasn't really like walking mm-hmm. like here on the ground. Um, I think, you know, it's such a high frequency on the ship. It's just unbelievable, just unbelievable because it's just these highly evolved beings and they're, um, you know, they're so more evolved than we are. Um, and it's just love. It's just, and they're all in sync, you know, at least where I was, everyone was in sync and harmony, um, worked together. And, um, and also in the ship, there were like some spirals, um, looked like a staircase almost. And, um, you could, you could actually go in the spiral (laughs) and move up and it would, it could do a number of things that could heal someone or it could also um, shift DNA. And so that, that was pretty impressive. The mantis are very connected with that. There were mantis on the ship as well. Was it difficult for you to accept that you had to keep coming back and play out a role here? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. It's been, it, yeah. In some ways it's, it's been very challenging for me to deal with the density of earth and to deal. I, I love words. I love the right. And, and at the same time, um, words can get in the way and separate people and and with telepathy which is what we did on the ship it was all telepathic communication and well, light language um it's direct you can't misunderstand because you know each other's thoughts and feelings with without words it's so direct and and so it's an it's it's an amazing experience to have and so i learned learned that on the ship so it made it a little difficult for me in school dealing with reading and writing and all that because I had learned light language which is multi-dimensional so and here reading and writing is linear right yeah so yeah definitely I've definitely had challenges throughout my life and um but I really enjoy sharing and you know, sharing my experiences and reminding people that we're all cosmic citizens. And, you know, that's one of the, some of the key messages from the beings over and over, which I've been teaching for 40 years is we're all one. Mm-hmm. And we could sure be focusing on that about now. Yeah. <laughs> I think some of the NDE guests that I've had will say that they've had negative after effects from their experience. Have you had any of those that you had to manage in your life? Um, well, it, it's, it's taken a while from when I had the near-death experiences and that to integrate it. You know, it, it was hard to be here and... Yeah, because you've been in you've been on, in these other frequencies, and then you're back here. So for me, it, it it's it was a challenge integrating the experiences. Um, I didn't. It, it took me quite a while to integrate all you know all of the near death experiences. But I, if you're talking about going on the other side and seeing negative beings. I did not have that kind of experience, but coming back to earth, it's like, wow, this is really depressing because you're seeing everything kind of looks kind of flat. 
compared to all these other dimensions and um and the energy of the love that you're in at the time so it's it's a come down for sure and um yeah so definitely integrating it going through everyday life (laughs) yeah i could definitely see that being a killjoy I have been recently asking my guests this question. Some NDE experiencers do not share certain parts of their NDE with anybody or not with the general public, except maybe other NDE experiencers. I'm going to ask you the same question. And, and if you're wow. some, besides aliens or anything, is there anything in your NDE that you've never shared before that you would be willing to share with us? There might be a few minor things that are too personal to share, okay. but, but, but I'm really sharing really most of really most of everything uh-huh. that, that I experienced. And so, yeah. At least there is something there that you're not willing to share. So there's something going on with the different experiencers. It makes me curious what's going on, but there is yeah. something. <laughs> some things are yeah, personal. All right. Some people may want to know this, and I should have asked this earlier. Can you describe what angels look like? Mm, wow. Well, I think there's, there is a wide variety of angels. And I think there are different groups of angels who have different areas that they focus on. And um, when I see the angels, I I see um, different colors of light. I'm a clairvoyant, so when I look at them, I can I can just see different colors see them as different colors or vibrations and the same is true when I'm seeing star beings. Um, so, and they will, you know, when I'm communicating with them, um, they'll tell me if I ask them, you know, what, what is their kind of specialty or what, what is their focus? Um, and so I, I love the angels. I'm constantly communicating with angels. They're awesome. I just see them as these huge, huge beings of light, mm. you know, that their light just extends out and out. And what we perceive as the wings is part of their energy, um, part of their energetic system. But um, I don't really, once in a while I might see, they'll show me kind of a face, but I feel like they're showing me a face because um, they're wanting to look human, you know, to, to connect or whatever to make someone feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. But mainly I'm just seeing these, these incredible globes of light and feel their energy and um, and you see flashes of different angels hmm. faces now and then. Now you're doing work as a hypnotherapist and you're doing um, healing for people and um, star being communicating. What about your work that you do inspires you the most? Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, I've, I got to say, I'm very blessed and fortunate every day of my life. I'm communicating with star beings or talking to angels um, or communicating with animals to help assist them in some way or other um, and doing light language sessions, which which I absolutely love with, with people speaking star languages and that. Um, I have to say I love it all, and I, I really enjoy doing doing it all, and I do start origin readings for people to help them con- get connected with their um, original star families, their, their soul's star frequency that really runs through all their lifetimes. Um, so I really enjoy doing that as well, 
and um, yeah, I just I I really enjoy doing all of it, and um, and I like assisting. You know, a lot of people will want to talk about their experiences, and and I'm able to tune in to those star beings um, who they have had experiences with in their childhood in this life, and I'm able to bring messages through to get them connected and to give them a frequency to get connected or to connect to their hybrid children, which I absolutely loved. I got to play with hybrid children on the ship. Um, and I love my own hybrid children greatly. Um, I just, it's, it's, it's great fun. You know, it's great fun. (laughs) Well, you answered my question. I was going to ask you if you've ever met your hybrid children, but apparently you have. (laughs) Well, they actually came to me um, in a group because I have so many of them. (laughs) So they came to me and spoke to me with one voice um, when I first really connected with them. And they, you know, shared just wonderful messages for me. I was very moved. I was weeping. And um, and so we communicated. And so I have the ability to communicate with them whenever I want to. I do have a daughter who looks just like me or she looked just like me when she was a hybrid child on the ship. And um, I wanted to take care of her and bring her to Earth, but that's not possible. But what they did was is they did integrate her um, eventually into the earth plane. So, so she's on earth, but I have not met her. Wow. And, and, um, so many of the hybrid children now, I mean, they all look different, you know, some have black eyes, some have blue eyes, big eyes, um, not much hair, um, or, um, a real mix of star being they might have three fingers versus five fingers. So, so my daughter was um, the one who looked just like me. And so that was very hard for me, but, but they integrated her into the earth plane and they said there was a reason for our not meeting. Um, Don't know if we'll ever meet, but we communicate telepathically. So I can send her a message and she responds which is beautiful, and she's doing healing work. That's her work here as a hybrid, um, where she's helping a lot of people with her work. So, so um, you know, the hybrids, you know, I'm a bridge, you know, and hybrids are bridges to um, help assist with the awakening, you know, for, with all the star seeds. And so it's going to continue to evolve and evolve. And um, each generation on the ships, those children are more evolved. And they're living throughout the different galaxies doing what they're meant to do. They're seeding the different universes in different ways, you know, however they're meant to do that. Um, I love the hybrid children. They're all beautiful to me, and um, and yeah, and a uh, lot lot of people who might not think they have hybrid children do have hybrid children. <laughs> yeah, I've had two guests, both male and female, I believe, say they have hybrids. I know one of them. This woman, I think she said she had about twenty. I had another guest mm-hmm. that she says that she was taken to a base underneath downtown LA or a research lab and she saw hybrids there and she mm-hmm. think they may have been hers. And then I've had oh, a man yeah. that I think um, he was asked to create hybrids as well. So it's, yeah. it's not that uncommon for me to hear this story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the good thing about it is, you know, um, the hybrid children are here to help um, humanity evolve 
It's all part of the evolutionary process, mm-hmm. you know, and people's skills are opening up more, you know, their intuitive skills and other abilities, um, clairvoyance and clairaudience and clairsentience opening more um, to be who we really, you know, who we all are innately, mm-hmm. you know, the codes are being activated and worked with. So, so there's definitely purpose to the hybrid um, children. It's not done in a random way. Have and they-, they evolve and the stargates evolve from all this too. You know, they have not arrived. <laughs> um, and they have um, said that to me that they're evolving that they're not better than us. They're 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 more evolved, but that they are still evolving as well. So it's uh, you know the whole cosmos cosmos is constantly evolving. Have they ever indicated to you when there's going to be full disclosure and everybody will see them? Well, I um, I feel like we are the disclosure. <laughs> I mean, I think, um, again, a lot of um, people who are understanding that their star star season come from the stars, I think, um, and the hybrids, um, experiencers, you know, whatever you want to say, with all of us sharing our experiences, that's getting us connected and... um, Others are really realizing the truth of all that. I don't think the star beings are going to like be landing on the White House lawn um, or anything like that. I mean, it kind of depends on what kind of disclosure you mean. Um, if you're talking about the government and that, I'm not sure that that will ever come, or I'm not sure I would believe what is said anyway. Um, but there, there are definitely more star beings who are assisting Earth, and they're in other some. Their ships are in other dimensions, so a lot of people can't see them, but they're really watching over us. You know, they they are here to assist us in our process. But you know, I know you've heard this before. You know what what would the military do? If a star being ship landed and the occupants got out of the ship and held out their hand, what would happen? It probably wouldn't be a good thing. I don't think so. So, <laughs> so, but there are many ways that the star beings are working because actually, in a way, they're here. They're, there are so many dimensions. They can be right here next to me in a dimension but someone might not see them because I, they have shown me this. I can um, look into three or four dimensions and see them right here. And, and then there's no such thing as time and space. So <laughs> it gets kind of interesting, but so, but they're around my house often Um they're in my house often and I love it. I, you know, I mean, as long as I know who they are and I only really communicate with um, um, the higher frequency evolved beings. Um, so, and um, one night was funny. I have a friend who lives across the street who's a psychic and she, um, so one night she saw a star being looking through her window and she yelled at the star being and said, Jacqueline lives across the street. You don't need to be here. <laughs> so it was really funny. So, so they kind of end up here and that's cool. And um, I learn a lot from them. They give me light language transmissions that I write down um, and share um, and have available to people at my website for purchase and that from all these, a lot of different bases. And you can use them for healing or communicating with them or, you know, in all kinds of ways. Hmm. 
They're very powerful. Yeah. I have heard that there are alien hybrids here that they look human, but they're very bad at human interaction and they befriend humans to help them. But ultimately Mm -hmm. I've heard that they're not here for a good reason and they are psychic Hmm. and they can go shopping. Let's say, you know, they'll go to the gas station and they'll, control his mind and say, yeah, here, the gas is free. Have you heard about any hybrids like that or any other hybrids that are here for nefarious reasons? You know, I've heard about it, but personally, I'm not in contact with any hybrids who are like, who are like that. Um, I'm sure, you know, there's always the balance, right? There's always the spectrum. Um, But personally, I have not interacted with any hybrids who are like that. The hybrids who I know are very loving and care about earth and want to really be of service, um, you know, to be helpful. Hmm. But yeah, I haven't been in touch with any of them. All right. So you are a certified hypnotherapist. Do you get any clients that come to ask, you know, like, hey, I've had an NDE, but I can't remember it all. Will you help me? Or maybe it's best to just ask, what are your average clients like that need your services? Well, the people who um, I'm working with now, I'm working with experiencers mainly to um, help them understand their experiences that they've had or to recall, um, you know, if they want to try and recall an experience, you know, that they've had. Um, so right now I'm pretty much working with just experiencers and, um, you know, about their experiences and memories and what they remember, what they don't, and trying to support them with all of that. That's mostly star being experiencers? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever done any past life regression for people? I used to do a lot of past life regression. Um, work and then um, I kind of just got focused on this um, and this has kind of been my focus (laughs) Um, and so but um, yeah I used to do a lot of past life regression and I I recalled a lot of past lives of my own Um, I've had a lot lot more star being lives than human lives Mm -hmm. but um, but yeah, I love, I love past life regression work. It's, it can really help people, um, significantly. And I remember one woman I worked with, um, her, when she came to me, um, and we went through a past life, um, experience with her, um, she quit smoking and that wasn't any intention, but as a result, she quit smoking and was able to deal better with her current life. So, so, but yeah, I, I love past life work. So we, you mentioned your website. What is your website for people who want to find you? It's www.jacquelinesmith.com. Jacqueline is J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N. Um, and people can visit there. There's all kinds of services that they can look over, um, you know, all kinds of different consultations. I have two books that are out, um, Animal Communication, Our Sacred Connection, and um, The Wisdom of Star Beings. That It's about animals and talks with animal souls. And I have a new book, um, I'm happy to say, coming out hopefully in the next six months called um, Star Being in the Mirror, My Journey as a Hybrid. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I'm excited about that. And um, but there's lots of, you know, things to look over at the site. People can check out light language codes there. I have some free light language um, downloads that people can listen to you know, for different things, for opening the heart and other things. So 
can you get your books on Amazon as well, or the or can you only find them on your website? Yes, definitely at Amazon, and they're also available through my website and Amazon. Yes. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, besides working on your next book, do you have any other projects that you're working on that you want us to know about? Oh my goodness, I'm always working on something. I'm. <laughs> I hope to be getting maybe an ebook together, something about light language. I'm also have just um, in the last six months or so, I'm allowing the star beings to come through and the play. We co-create um, music star music that comes through them from the different races. And then I'm adding their particular star language to, to those tracks. Mm. And they're going to be available on my site pretty soon. So that's great fun. (laughs) So I'm always doing something. (laughs) That's good. All right. Well, before we wrap it up here, do you have one last message that you can leave us with? Um, I guess what I want to say is that the star beings always like to share is that we were that we're all one to live from our hearts, um, to focus on what we have in common, uh, to take care of the earth. So those are some of the key messages. And if I might just you know, do a light language blessing really quick. Yeah, um, that'd be great. Okay? Yeah. Ulekiana <laughs> And that's a blessing from the Lyrans. <laughs> wow, that was amazing, that language. I've never heard that. It kind of reminded me of something Native American, something a little bit Pacific Island. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people hear different different things. So, yeah, it's very powerful and... Um, It's amazing, yeah. All right, Jacqueline. Well, I really appreciate you giving me your time today. I wish you massive success on all your books, and I wish you the best. Well, thank you, and thank you so much, Jeff, for having me as a guest this evening. It's really been fun. All right, well, have a great evening. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.